Hey, welcome to ACF Church, and we're so glad that you're with us watching this message online. And our hope is that it would encourage you to be more like Jesus and walk closely with Him as an apprentice of Christ. And our hope is to give away all of these resources for free as much as possible. It takes a lot of time and energy and people to make that happen. And if you'd like to support the mission of God financially for ACF Church, you can go to acfak.org and you can give there. Now enjoy the Word of God proclaimed. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to ACF Online. We are so glad that you're joining us this morning. I want to say happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. Special happy Mother's Day to my wife, Malia. I love you. And a really special happy Mother's Day to my mom, who is joining us via Zoom today for uh, our message. And so we are in the middle of a series called Love in Quarantine, and we've been talking about marriages as we've been uh, quarantined together. There's been a lot of friction coming up, and so we wanted to tackle some of these issues and talk to you guys about having healthy marriages, Um, and this is just kind of a perfect opportunity to do that. And as we're talking about this series, I want to let you guys know something. Next week, we're going to be answering your questions. So right now, you're going to see a number uh, on the screen beneath me, and we're going to ask you guys to go ahead and text your questions about marriage into that number. And it could be something from what you've heard about today, or it can be something that we've already talked about over the past several weeks. So text in your questions, and you guys get to help set uh, the conversation that we'll be having next week with Love and Quarantine. But today, we have uh, some really special guests, a real awesome opportunity that I'm excited to really just dive into. So first of all, we have Jody and Mason over here. Uh, Mason, you guys know them. Uh, Mason is our worship leader here at ACF Church, and Jody is his new bride uh, for one month, right? You guys have six weeks. More. Six weeks. Oh, oh, you guys have made it. Yeah. Six weeks. <laughs> you are in. So Jody and Mason have been married for six weeks. And then also joining us today are my parents, Terry and Susan Talbot. And they've been married just a little bit longer than six weeks. Uh, they are about to hit 52 years of marriage. Woo-hoo, and yeah. so uh, we uh, are really excited <laughs> to have them, have them on. So honestly, today is just going to be a fun conversation with uh, a newly married couple and a couple that's uh, been through just about it all um, as far as life transitions and and things they've experienced in marriage. And so uh, what an awesome opportunity just to have some conversations. And so Jody and Mason are going to share a little bit of their story with us here in just a minute, but they've just kind of prepared some questions as really we talk about expectations in marriage. Uh, last week, Malia and I got to share our story, and we talked about a lot of the struggle that we were having or when we were believing lies that society uh, teaches us. And a lot of those lies simply are just expectations that we have uh, going into a marriage that either aren't real or aren't realistic. But sometimes we have great expectations that are real and realistic, and they're still unmet And when we have unmet expectations, it can be real difficult to kind of navigate that. Um, But enough of me talking. I want to hand it over first to Jody and Mason. And so um, as we're talking about unmet expectations, you guys have been married for six weeks. Have you guys (laughs) experienced any unmet expectations already so far? Yes. Yes. Uh, Well, we expected to have like a wedding (laughs) <laughs> on the day we planned. We, yeah, like, so if you guys don't know, our wedding plans got completely destroyed 
by COVID-19. We did have a wedding, but it was much different than we had planned. So uh, we originally had a plan for March 28th. And about two weeks before that is kind of when all that stuff started coming down here in Alaska and stuff started to change. And so um, our venue canceled on us. So we had to uninvite a bunch of people. <laughs> our apologies if you were disinvited from our wedding. It wasn't personal. Um, so we had to, you know, we just had to kind of shrink it down. I guess it's just going to be, you know, family, uh, bridal party. Um, and then, you know, stuff just, you, know, you guys remember, it just everything was changing every day. So we're freaking out trying to plan our wedding in the middle of this. And then um, we're really worried about our parents mostly, like, are they going to be able to get up? If they get up here, are they able to be able to go back home? And so, like, Friday, they made it into town. And on that same day, uh, Mayor Berkowitz, if you remember, that was when he put in the shelter-in-place order. This is the Friday, a week before our wedding. And so we're like, okay, we got our parents here. I don't know what's going to happen next week. <laughs> they're going to, like, shut down travel. We're going to have, like, checkpoints. Like, we're getting married. We're doing this thing. So we planned it for Sunday, like, 48 hours <laughs> in advance. So we just yeah. redesigned our whole wedding in about 48 hours, you know, um, uh, it, it ended up being kind of awesome, but yeah, like two of my groomsmen couldn't make it up. Six of my bridesmaids couldn't. Yeah, so definitely a bummer. Definitely not at all what we expected. So, um, uh, so, but but it was kind of fun. It was awesome. Pastor Brian married us. It was it was a great time. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I mean, th- I think even before that, we definitely had unmet expectations in the sense of um, we're we're both older. I'm 32. I'm 36. We did not expect to be unmarried in our 30s that we did not see that coming so Jody what was like like (laughs) I even thought you know that I'd be married way before 30 I expected to do the whole college meet someone and then get married you didn't know how it was going to happen but um for me how I like dealt with the unmet expectations and waiting for Mr. Mason was uh (laughs) (laughs) scripture was really key like I had a few key scriptures that would help me when I got depressed. Josh and Malia talked about one of them last week. Um, Psalm 139, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be just really um, would encourage my heart when I was thinking, why isn't life going how I planned? And I'm like, okay, well, someone knows how it's going. So God's got this. And um, godly friends and advice from friends also helped me with with that. So I had a grandpa figure in my life who told me constantly, Jody, it's better to wish that you were married and be single than to be married and wish that you were single. And so I was like, okay, <laughs> I can keep waiting for what God has for me. Yeah. So. yeah. I, I think for, for me, probably the reason, a big part of the reason I was single up until 30 was uh, my expectations were probably just way off. Um, and we've talked a lot about in this series, just that, you know, the idea of like the soulmate, right? The one person that will complete me. I think I bought into that and I definitely bought into, uh, I wanted, I had this expectation of like, I'm going to experience this crazy emotional high when I meet that soulmate, when I find her, I'm going to just, I'm be walking on rainbows and sunshine and just like, <laughs> I'll know that that's how I know I found the one. Right. And so I just had this pattern of like, um, just all throughout my twenties, you know, kind of be interested in a girl, we kind of start walking down this road, and no emotional high, you know, maybe a little bit, but but not what I was looking for, and so I just bail out. So I did that over and over again, and, um, you know, I finally, I met Jody, I kind of hit that point, and I was just like, no, this is, this is dumb, I need to get out of this rut, I'm going to push through that, um, and so that was an expectation I think that was kind of silly, I let go of, um, and I started to look at, like, um, like, what are the expectations that matter, you know? Um, and Jody had that stuff in spades of like, you know, she, she's a better Christian than I am. Like <laughs> I might work for the church, but like, she's a stronger believer than I am straight up. And, um, you know, my family and friends all loved her. Like they were all super on board from day one. She cares deeply about the people in her life. 
Um, you know, if, if we ever have kids, she's just going to crush it at being a mother. You know, like, these are the, like, okay, these are the things that matter. These are expectations I, I should have been focused on the whole time, you know. And I talked to a lot of, a lot of guys, um, you know, if I can speak to the single guys here for a minute. Like, they have, like, that checklist and, like, the silly, the silly expectations of, like, and I had some of those, too. Just, like, you know, I need to, need to look at this certain way. They need to, like, be into all the music I'm into. That was a big one with me, you know, like... <laughs> I care a lot about music, and so at a point in time, like, if I get with a girl, like, she's going to love, you know, all the same metal, hardcore, punk bands that I'm into. Like, that's not a realistic <laughs> expectation. It's kind of silly. Um, uh, you know, like, you know, I'm gonna, like, she's going to laugh at all my jokes. Jody does I laugh. Do. I like <laughs> she laughs at all my jokes. So I got that one. But anyway, I think just for me, just kind of with our relationship, I finally took a hard look at those expectations. Like, okay, what are these are just silly and they don't matter in the long term. And which of these actually do matter towards building relationships? So I think, um, yeah, I think that's kind of our journey with expectations. And I'm sure there's other ones, you know, with our, our life together, our marriage together that we're going to have to figure out on the way here. But that's why we're here talking with these guys. Yeah. Oh, man. So good. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I forgive you for uninviting me to your wedding. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. And if you guys don't know, the, the, the graphic for our series, Love in Quarantine, is Jody and Mason's wedding mm-hmm. uh, with the, the masks on and everything. So, um, but yeah, I mean, and you guys laugh a little bit of like, oh, we had to like bail on our wedding plans. For some people, that that would take them out of the game, like right off the top, like starting things really rocky because they put so much hope and dreams into, you know, a moment in time that it gets changed and, and dealing with that can be really difficult. Like you guys handled it, you know, amazingly, but a lot of people, you know, would really struggle with that. Um, well, thanks for sharing that with us. Um, I want to go now to my parents. And so you guys have been married for 52 years. Well, almost in, in, in June, be 52 years. Mm-hmm. And... <clears throat> So talk to us a little bit about your story. Um, it started out really um, on fire for Jesus. It started out really well, really amazing, doing all the right things. Um, no, so go ahead and just share with everyone a little bit about your background and your story uh, and kind of where you, how you guys met and how you ended up getting married. Well, first of all, I have to say, Mason and Jody, you were so much smarter than we were. <laughs> Light years ahead of us. You waited and, okay. You did it right. Yeah. We well, started it no. absolutely wrong. and yeah. We do not advise this to oh. anyone. <laughs> there's a disclaimer that goes to before on the background when we first met. Uh, neither one of us were believers at the time. And I met Susan through a friend and went to his party. And um, um, we... Just sort mutual of friends. mutual friends. It was the spring of 1968. And we dated for about four months. Um, and I was 22 at the time. I was 19. Um, I had been through beauty school. I did have an, my own job. And I lived in an apartment with a girlfriend. So we're going to fast forward for four months. And I came over one out Sunday evening and was headed there for a barbecue. And she took the hamburger out of the freezer and I set it outside the apartment door as it was a nice, beautiful, sunny, warm day. So I said, well, I'll just let the hamburger uh, defrost outside. And a little bit of time went by, went back to get the hamburger and there was a neighborhood dog had eaten the whole (laughs) pound of hamburger. 
So literally, I came back in and I said, well, the, the barbecue's off. I said, uh, what do you think about getting married? <laughs> and this is, this is, I know. It's true. It's true. I said we were not very smart. Yep. And so she said, uh, in my amazement, yeah, let's, let's do it. So we had friends living in the apartment next door, knocked on the door and said, we want to go to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho and get married. And they're like, Yahoo, we'll go with you and stand up for you. And we were going to Coeur d'Alene because in those days you had to wait three days in Washington state once you applied for your license before you could get married. And we didn't want to wait three days. We couldn't. We had jobs. Yeah. We had to be back to work Monday. So know? we zipped over to Colleen. And unfortunately, when we went to get the uh, license, found out that she was 19 at the time. And you had to be 20, both parties had to be 21 to do the immediate marriage. So this buddy of mine, being very creative, went to the store, got a razor blade and some glue, took her driver's license, sliced the numbers off of her, her address, and replaced them with the numbers on her birthday. And behold, she was 21, and we got married. <laughs> nice. And, and, uh, and so at that time... Oh, boy. Um, we did have a second marriage. I mean, we were already married. But in the church on July 12th, we redid our vows and we had a reception that my parents had had done for us and that was great so even though somebody said you're really not legally married you change oh yeah we were <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're, neither of your parents knew that you guys eloped no no we did not give advanced uh, warning to that <laughs> we were, like I said, this is not the way to do things oh my gosh. guys um, we were married um, eight months, and in those days, this is the 1960s, pretty typical you get married and start having babies. Um, so we were married eight months, and I got pregnant. And we had um, our first child in 1969, and let me see, 12 months and two weeks later, we had number two. So now we had two sons. And, you know, so, you know, I hear you guys talking about your expectations about a wedding and things. Um, I was not a believer. I had no plans about I never planned to get married. It was kind of just on a whim. Um, I was uh, I had no expectations for marriage. I basically lived for the moment and life had to be a lot of fun. And if I didn't like the marriage, well, I could get a divorce. That was different in my case. Nobody in my family, I mean, mom and dad, grandpas and grandmas, aunts, uncles, nobody got a divorce. When you got married, you were married for life and, you know, unto death. So that's what I assumed is that we would always be married. Maybe it started rocky, but we would stay married. And, you know, God has an expectation. He has an expectation for every couple that get married. And it's in Ephesians 5.31, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And, you know, that's the mystery of marriage that God has set down. So, um, <clears throat> so then we were about four years uh married and really having a lot of struggles um um and until finally one night we were home and a friend of mine called up a guy i grew up with and said hey we've had this thing happen to us 
and we want to tell you all about it. We're very excited, so we want you to come over for dinner. I'd kind of heard that it was something about, you know, Jesus or something, and I wanted nothing to do with it. And so I said, mm, no, thanks, not, not wanting to do that. Well, I did. <clears throat> so I asked him, please, can we go? And he said, okay, okay, okay. But on one condition. I mean, this shows what a stinker he was. <laughs> um, <laughs> on one condition, at 8 o'clock, you're going to get a headache. And we're going to go. Okay. Well, God had different plans because <laughs> I had to work the next day all day long. And at four o'clock in the morning, I am asking him, can we please go home? Because I've got to work the next day because the whole night we talked about the Lord. <laughs> and they were uh, Catholic friends of ours who had gone to a movement in those days called uh, Curcio, and it was a men's and women's retreat. The men went on the retreat, then the women went on the retreat. And he invited me to go on this retreat. I was so excited about what I was hearing about the Lord and his witness and his testimony to me. I, so I agreed to go. And so uh, I took off. It was about a, a month later, I attended a Curcio, and uh, that's where I gave my heart to the Lord. That was my story of salvation and my place of salvation when I first committed my life to Christ. Uh, six weeks later, I went on the women's retreat. Um, the same thing happened. I asked the Lord into my life. And then in 1982, we had uh, two teenagers. And guess what? We had number three, which is Joshua. Well, if and at first you don't succeed... Try, try again. <laughs> finally finally got the son you always wanted. <laughs> so that was a joy, a surprise, but a wonderful yes, blessing. And uh, then we had number three. So we had two older ones and then Josh. And so, so let me, I want to, I want to jump in here. Um, as, as you guys have, you know, began, shared this testimony really of, just salvation, you know, your walk with the Lord. Um, but I, I know, as we've talked earlier, that has been like the key part, you guys would say, of your marriage journey as well with um, and, and, and staying together. Uh, when we were talking earlier, Dad, and just kind of preparing for this, you said that today, after 52 years, um, you look forward every day to spending time with your wife. Um, that it's not it's not something that is like another day with this person, even in COVID, even in staying together in the house, that it's a joy that you look forward to. And so, you um, know, Jody and Mason begin their journey, and, and as I'm sitting here, you know, almost 17 years into my journey going, how? Like, what have you guys done, and what, what advice could you give us to, to get to that place? Because... Uh, what you guys were saying is that it only it can only it only gets better uh, under the right circumstances, and so Jody Mason actually kind of prepared some questions for you guys that they would uh, love to ask, and uh, and just kind of have some dialogue about. Yeah, so here's a question we've actually we've dealt with even in just in the, the six weeks we've been married is like, how, how do you get advice on a marital situation without speaking negatively about your spouse? Because, you know, a couple, 
a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember who said it, but somebody, you know, here at ACF was saying, you know, I never speak negatively about my spouse in front of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a commitment they've made. And it's like, that's awesome. And we want to do that. But it's also like, what do you do when you're frustrated or like, I don't know how to work this thing out. And, I, and you're trying to reach out to help to somebody. So how do you do that in a way without talking down to your spouse, if that makes sense? Yeah. Well, it, that's a really good question. Uh, the first thing I would say is don't speak negatively about the person. If you're going to speak negatively about something, it's about the challenge of the problem. Deal directly with the problem, not the person. And then, and then, you know, seek advice for someone that you can trust. Someone who maybe is older than you, who is further down the road of marriage than you, someone that you've seen exhibit wisdom, um, and someone that, that has a good marriage. And talk to them about it. But again, talk to them about the problem, not the person. And never, ever, ever, ever yeah. complain about your, spite, about your spouse uh, to uh, your parents. Because if you do that, if you complain to your parents about your spouse, they will pick up the offense. Yeah. You might resolve the problem and you're back just happy as can be. Then you go over for dinner, you're liable to, your spouse is liable to be confronted with a little bit of cold shoulder mm-hmm. because you've complained about her or him to yeah. your parents. Don't ever do that. Mm-hmm. Don't ever do that. Work on the problem. That's good. Noted. That's good. Like that. Good advice. Okay. Um, our next question for you guys, since this is all about expectations, is what do you do when the expectations that you have aren't met? How do you handle that or deal with that? Well, communication, communication, communication. Uh, be open to one another. Uh, don't have already made your mind up about the situation. Be, be flexible uh, and be open to your spouse and talk again about the expectation as a problem, not as the person. And um, don't fix blame. Don't play the blame game. That never, that never wins the day. Um, search for common ground. Mm-hmm. You know, so try to arrive at common ground. And maybe you, you, maybe you need to do some compromising. Maybe uh, you need to change uh, your expectation. And so you consider those things. Talk about those things. Keep in communication. And... Um, um, take it to the Lord in prayer yeah. and do it together. Pray for each other together. Hard to have ought against one another when you're praying for that person yes. and they're right there next to you. Um, and the Lord answers prayer. He does. The one thing that we were taught one time at a marriage retreat was <clears throat> when you're sitting on a couch and you're both at odds, so one's at one end, let's say, and one's in the other end. Mm-hmm. What you're supposed to do is come together, sit side by side, and put the problem in front of you. Oh, I like that. So it's not between you yeah. any longer. It's in front of you where you guys solve it together. That's, that's good. That's super good. I like that. I like that picture a lot. Yeah. I need a notebook. Like, <laughs> gotta take notes here. It's being recorded. It's being recorded. Cool. It's been right, recorded. We'll later. <laughs> take the notes there. These um, are really good questions. Well, thank you. Um, so we're we're looking. You know, obviously we're we're just starting out here. 
we're trying to set up some good habits and like good routines for us. Um, what do you think is the best thing we can start doing today yeah. to get us on the, the right track? Okay. Um, one of the, as believers, one of the most important thing is to have time every day to do devotions and to pray together. That is something you might already be doing. Someone out there in the audience, maybe it's not, but that is a real key mm-hmm. to your marriage is have time together every day Absolutely. to pray for one another and do devotions. The other thing that I think of, life throws you all sorts of things. I mean, when you're not expecting anything, but learn to be a cheerleader for your mate. Mm. Yeah. So whatever's going on, you be their biggest cheerleader. And you can start that today. Yeah, it looks like you are. (laughs) That's great. I think that is really... um, really important and when you're you know out and about speak positively about one another mm-hmm. you know if they have a really good quality you know of like an assumption if she's a really good cook then you can say man she, she makes the best meal you know you can <laughs> praise her <laughs> instead of tearing down then praise and you know um, for example, uh, Mason, if you're out with a bunch of guys and there's some, your wife is around within, uh, within earshot of that, you know, when you praise her and she hears you praising her to your friends and praising her attributes to your friends, that's going to be a real blessing. And the same for you, Jody. Yeah. You know, when you talk to your girlfriend so often, <clears throat> what happens is the, a guy will complain to his buddies about his girlfriend or about his spouse, I mean. And and what do you think if she hears that, how she's going to feel? Yeah. So be championing one another with your friends. That's good. Along with that, I'm, you, you kind of answered this in that question, but what should we stop doing right away? So I'm hearing don't complain about your spouse. <laughs> but what else would be a, a thing you would tell us to stop doing right away? Okay, I will tell you, don't use the terms never hmm. and Always. always. Because yeah. when, you, when you're pointing to, like, if you're talking about an issue or a problem you guys are having, don't say, you never do this, or you always do this. Don't use those terms when you're trying to resolve a problem. Right. Thanks. That's just one, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, and so uh, Josh has told uh, some, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys have done a lot of marital counseling in your 52 yeah, years? Mentors, uh-huh. Nice. So uh, we're curious, just, you know, in those, those years of counseling, what are the biggest challenges you've seen other couples fail to overcome? What, what, what are the, the biggest issues there? Maybe the most common ones is, yeah, you see over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest that I feel really almost destroys a marriage, the Lord can always repair anything. Yeah. But is their heart, number one. Um, and that is communication. And just what what I said before, put the problem in front of you and not between you. And then communication, when that absolutely does not working anymore, then that leads to problems that has happened. Then there's unforgiveness. 
Unforgiveness leads to bitterness. And it's just, you can just see it happening. It's a process. It's a process in life. And the process could take years. But once that happens, once the bitterness and unforgiveness, that is really hard. Um, Only God can work with the heart. Oftentimes that that bitterness will lead to a tipping point. And when you reach that tipping point, uh, oftentimes one of the other in the couple will say, I'm done, I'm finished. And uh, and that's a direct result of bitterness and Mm -hmm. unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. So be quick to forgive one another. The word says that. Be quick to to. Resolve your issues and love one another and speak loving terms to one another. Uh, it's really, really important to get rid of any angst that develops in your relationships, and it will. You'll have arguments and you'll have falling outs, and you might wake up in the morning one morning and not like the person next to you. But don't let that drive a wedge between you. Right. That's when you want to f- you want to get in and be intentional really intentional about resolving it. Yes. Yeah. And I think your tongue, your tongue can build up or your tongue can tear down. Yeah. And you want to build up the other person and not tear them down. And what that can lead to in that unforgiveness is a loss of hope that Mm -hmm. this marriage is going to endure. And when you've lost hope, that's a major issue with people. When you lose hope in your marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I want to interject here and ask um, is you guys have been married for nearly 52 years and it didn't start out great. And, and you kind of graze past that part real quick. I, I know just because of time restraints, but something that the people don't know is that like, dad, you actually moved out for a time being like you guys were separated. You were headed towards divorce. Um, it wasn't just rough at the beginning, but it was near divorce at the beginning for you guys. Um, and was, yet 52 yeah. years later, here you are um, mm-hmm. looking forward to spend every day with each other. What would you guys say is the number one thing for you guys to have yeah. gotten to this point in your marriage? What changed it? What, what is, what is the, what's the secret, if you will, uh, to be happily married at 52 years? Well, I can just tell you, I think it was our right around our fourth anniversary is when we were separated and it was terrible on our fifth separation. It was a real celebration. anniversary. Yeah. I mean, fifth, <laughs> excuse me. five separations. <laughs> <laughs> on our fifth anniversary, it was a celebration. Yeah. And what happened in that time frame is we came to know the Lord. Hmm. Yeah. And then he was the foundation of our marriage. And that was the big change in our life. Of, of being self-centered, self-seeking, to having um, Christ as our foundation, where we're looking at the other one and um, not so much at ourselves and our, uh, you know, what we want. You I know, like that. And, and one of the things that I learned fairly early in our marriage, in our, the other side of our marriage when we were saved was that, Love is a decision. It's a decision you make, and you make that decision every single day. You decide to love your spouse. Um, it's not always that honeymoon, oh, man, I just can't. 
stand to be away from you feeling. There are times when you're tired and you're worn out and you have to decide to make, to love your spouse. You literally have to make that decision, but that's what love is. That's what enduring love is. That's what the love that has longevity is. It's a decision Mm -hmm. and it just gets better every year. I mean, I look at her now 52 years and we're in quarantine and I'm loving quarantine. I, I get to be with her all day before I used to have to go to work. Now I get to be with her. And I mean, that's so exciting for me because I know how much she loves me and it's wonderful to be around a person who demonstrates their love for you in small little ways, maybe a touch on the shoulder as you're walking by just the little ways that, that express how much you love your spouse. And I would say too, uh, to both you, Jody and Mason, you know, take the time to have those moments where, I mean, just that um, uh, touch to put somebody in a hand on the shoulder or a little pat, you know, when you're walking by, it tells that person, I'm thinking about you. I care about you and I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Total relationship goals. Right yes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we, we got time for one more question? Yeah, I think Josh. we got time for about probably one more question. Okay. I'll, uh, so just you guys have been married, like I said, 52 years. And so you've seen, you know, all, all those life transitions from kids, you know, kids growing up and moving out, retirement. We're, we're just curious, like, you know, in those life transitions, what, which one, like, hit you guys the hardest? Or which one was the biggest, the biggest uh, transition for you guys? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I, I go, gosh. Um, <laughs> stumped you. You know what? I can st- distinctly remember because Josh was so much later. We had kids in our home for a long time. <laughs> and when he moved out, that was really <clears throat> difficult yeah. because we had a lot of activity in our home. We had youth group in our home. We had uh, boys high school breakfast in our home and all that stopped. The phone stopped ringing a lot. <laughs> uh, activity stopped ringing. I mean, I mean it, there was it, food it, in the refrigerator <laughs> <laughs> for once for once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was used to buying a lot, cooking a lot. Um, and it took a little while to make, an adjustment to that. Yeah. Actually, we were in a, when all of our kids and Josh was the last one to leave, there was a bit of a grieving period yeah. that we went through, yeah. but we went through it together. Yes. Oh, I and, like that. And, you know, we, we uh, tried to do things together that would encourage us. I mean, it's, it's interesting because when we first moved over here in 1991 for a career change for me, uh, Josh came over and he was in the fourth grade at the time and he, after we were here for two weeks, he said, well, uh, can I go back home now? Let's go home. And I said, we're here for the long haul. Well, for the next year, every night, Josh, you know, was very unhappy and was very sad. After he left for the next year, we were very unhappy and very sad to see him go. So um, these that are was just, one. They're, was, they're challenges. They too, call the experience. empty nest. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you guys for sharing just your bit of wisdom with us. Yeah. Um, and, and the truth of the matter is, 
Um, there's so many stages. I love that question that you guys just asked because there's young married couples out there. There's couples with young children. There's couples with ju- they're getting junior hires for the first time. There's couples with high schoolers graduating, empty nesters, career retirement. Like life doesn't stop. It's it's always in these stages, and everyone is different. Um, and I love having you guys on because you've walked through just about all of them. And um, and and even with that being said. Um, I want to let you guys know who are watching is that after each service, after 8.30, 10, and 11.30, we're going to have a live Zoom lobby going on. And my mom and dad would love to meet you, say hi to you. And if you have any questions, maybe about a stage of life where you're in and it has to do with your marriage, they'd love to talk to you about it. So if you have any questions uh, for them specifically that you'd love to talk about, they will uh, hang out with you. They'd love to spend some time with you in a Zoom lobby. You can see that number right here beneath me on the screen of the ID you got to check into for the Zoom lobby. But mom, dad, I just want to say thank you so much. It was uh, such a privilege for me personally uh, just to be able to interview you guys. And I've had such a great time the last couple days that we prepared for this. I'm um, being reminded of your story and really the story of God uh, in your life. Dad, you coming from a family that uh, had all divorce. You didn't have a single relative that had not been divorced. And how uh, you made a decision that you were going to break that cycle um, with the grace of God. And, and just so much of that is so true. And I wish we could spend an hour online with you guys uh, but we can't. And so, but thank you guys so much. Thank you. Yeah. And so I'm going to go ahead and just close us off in prayer now. And again, next week, we're talking about more questions and answers that you guys have. So please text that number, text your questions in. And uh, we have an awesome uh, team that's going to be answering those questions next week. Um, But let's go ahead and pray as we just close off uh, this today. God, we thank you. God, we thank you for marriage. We thank you for relationships. God, we thank you for commitment and companionship and all of those things. And whether it is a relationship between a husband and wife, or whether it's a relationship between uh, friendships, uh, parents, siblings, all those things, God, relationships take work. Um, And I think what was most beautifully displayed today is that you are the author of relationships, and you are the sustainer of relationships, and, and your heart's desire is that we enjoy our relationships, and that you created marriage God, and that your desire is for us to not just survive marriage, God, but flourish in marriage. That maybe, just maybe, when we hit 52 years of marriage, we can enjoy every day with our spouse. And God, that you would be the foundation of our marriages, Lord. And if there's marriages out there that are struggling right now, that are rocky right now, even ones that of people who know you and ones of people who don't know you, Lord, that you would bring some light into those situations, God, that you would bring grace into those situations, that you would bring forgiveness into those situations, and that you would bring courage into those situations, that people would be courageous enough to ask and seek for help. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for watching this message from ACF Church. Uh, We hope it's encouraged you and challenged you to be more like Jesus and to walk with Him in a closer and more profound way. If you'd like to give to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so at the link on the screen or at acfak.org. We love you and we'll see you next week.